They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. problems oh my gosh friends if that does not make you so incredibly happy you're listening to the wrong program this is thoughts that rock where we give you amazing advice and also lightning in a bottle moments like you just experienced how many people do you think unsubscribe it's <laughs> killing me i gotta let cramp go ahead. Uh, this episode is sponsored by certified rockstar You've heard us talk about it before. You can go and check it out at certifiedrockstar.com, but there you're going to find that it is a fully customized leadership training program, and yep. we have virtual and half-day and full-day versions as Brant works out his cramp. This is God punishing me for making fun of where the streets have no name. <laughs> and listen, Thoughts at Rock help support Cannonball Kids oh, Cancer. These guys yes. are amazing. Yes. They fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have basically been told that there are no more options. And so we love supporting them. You can go and check them out at CannibalKidsCancer.org. Yeah. Listen, if you, like, if you like the show, okay, <laughs> take a minute, all right? Take a minute. Go over to wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rating. You know, five stars, 12 stars, however many you can give. Tell everybody how much you love it so that we can donate more money to those kids, huh? Yeah. Sorry for this cramp in my leg, but it is not pretty. Uh, listen, oh. we know how busy you are. You, you're trying to Incredibly find a little bit busy. of time to just make your life a little bit better. Make your cramps It doesn't away. really matter what you're doing right now. Yeah, part of it could be. You're yeah. trying to work out some cramps. Yes. It doesn't matter to us. Honestly, mm-hmm. you could be, I don't know, uh, training a cat to roll over. Maybe you're cooking cauliflower gnocchi. This is disgusting. Maybe you're co-piloting a 747 over the Atlantic. Doesn't matter to us. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know that 747 had a horn. Is somebody, is somebody in the way? Coming in. Sorry. Excuse coming me. In. 747 coming through. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. We just wouldn't be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to. We're out. Bye. Our guest today is Michelle Cedarberg, who is an in-demand speaker, author. She's a coach and a consultant and really focuses on truly combining the mind and the body and, and practicality to inspire change in others. We're so thrilled she's here. Michelle, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Super happy to be here, guys. Thanks. 
Us too. We will obviously have Michelle's full biography in the show notes, as you know. But a couple of things I thought would be pretty cool just to highlight. First off, you know, her main messages, which are just... If you see or hear anything she's doing, they're very powerful. They're very funny, but she empowers people to set worthwhile goals and get energized and really excited for success. And and that's really in business and in life. In fact, she believes that personal and professional successes are directly influenced by how we harness the physical, mental, and emotional capacity that all of us obviously have. She's got two books, uh, The Success Energy Equation and also Energy Now, Small Steps to an Energetic Life. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Get this, Brant. Here we go. Here come the big words. Yep. She's got a BA in psychology, a master's in kinesiology, a specialization in health and exercise psychology, and she's got certifications in exercise physiology, coactive life coaching, and team coaching. So just to make you feel a little bit more <laughs> inadequate, she's got a degree in just pretty I got much a, everything. I got a BA in communications. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping she's not going to lay all of that uh, heaviness on us. We, I'm sure uh, we will talk some of this. Uh, Michelle, we're so thrilled that you're here. Thank you so much. And uh, as we mentioned, we uh, we tend to do things a little bit different versus that traditional interview style. Um we're going to go right for the heart of the matter, man. We love, love, love talking about great pieces of advice that our audience are looking forward to. So we're going to leave the floor open to you. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. My thought that rocks is that you have got to clean your side of the street if you're going to be truly happy. Mm. I, I got to tell you, I love this. And in my head, I have this vision of a street sweeper <laughs> that goes down one side of the street, just taking everything in its path. And the other side looks like a complete shit show. So please, yeah, I need tell some elaboration. Me, tell on me this about one. this talk. Yeah, this thought. You know, this thought. You know, I'm a coach, so I'm all about kind of helping other people. But this one is all about how I had to help myself in mm. my 30s as I was kind of building my business and trying to figure out who I wanted to be and trying to find love. Um, it was a relationship actually that, that threw this one on me and I did not like it. Mm. And he was a uh, you know, guy that I almost married. He was, and I'll be completely uh, transparent. He was in a program. He was a recovering addict and mm-hmm. alcoholic who was, who was, he had a very good program, which means he spent a lot of time working on himself because if he didn't, he was going to go back and use again. Yeah. I had high respect for that part. But on the flip side, I was this person who wasn't in program and I had three degrees, as you just mentioned, and I got my shit figured <laughs> yeah. out. And when we started to knock heads, I would be crossing my arms saying, well, if you would just figure stuff out, as soon as you figure out how you're going to be, as soon as you get clear about your program, we'll be fine. And it was him who said, you know, if we're going to be happy. You got to clean your side of the street Whoa. first. Oof. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but it was, you know, and it took me a while to get it. It yeah. really did. But it it's pretty, pretty darn powerful. Mm. So that would have been my first question. Like, did this advice, you know, slowly happen over time? Did you sort of stew on it? Or was it like an immediate light bulb? And you sort of answered that. You said it took a little bit of time. It wasn't like you immediately went, yes, I do need to get my shit together. I, I fought it. I I was at this time where I, I was very codependent. Um, you know, I was very much dependent on how other people thought about me 
you know, to weigh in on how I felt about myself and not just in my relationships. I was, you know, type A opinionated, self-absorbed, judgmental, <laughs> which is to say I was insecure, full of doubt, not trusting my brilliance, that kind of a person. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I was looking for it out there, and I always say that happiness is an inside job. That's what I've learned since then. Oh, that's great. Well, that type of attitude will take you straight to the presidency in this country. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Don't even get me started. As a happy Canadian. Yeah, here we go. She's okay. She can talk about it. She's in a different country. That's right. You say, I do, but you say that, but like, you know, you talk about cleaning your side of the street. It's a, it's a, it's a skill that every leader has to be aware of as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, you talk about micromanagement and you talk about trying to get the best out of your teams. The best leaders don't, don't try to micromanage their their people. It's about trying to change someone to fit in your box, to fit into your work style, to fit into your way of doing things. And basically what it says is your way isn't as good as my way. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's what I was saying to to my ex at the time. It's like, you're, I'm judging you because you're in program. I'm judging you because yeah. you made all those mistakes and I didn't. I'm judging you because, you know, you've had a tougher time. And, you know, at the same time, I was standing there going, I'm not happy. Yeah. I, I haven't figured my stuff out. Yep. I don't know how to do this. And, you know, it was easier for me to point a finger at him than to, you know, lift up the mirror for myself. Well, and it's so easy to do that, right? To point fingers. And I know we we're joking about it, but this is how society is right now. You know, it's about blaming everybody else and, and playing the victim and woe is me. And, you know, I think people have gotten to the point now where they can't get past their own mentality, their own perspective. They don't. They don't want to see, you know, that that maybe they're they're not in the right. They don't see that they have issues in their own life, or you know, that they could be wrong, or that they are the cause of the conflict. So I know you're using this great personal story, but you know, this is what people are dealing with all over the place, business, you know, and in, in whatever their personal lives. You know, I guess my question might be, how do you use this advice now? in in your practice when you're consulting or you're coaching when you're trying to explain it to an individual or the general public how do you use this you gotta you've got to clean your side of the street well i mean in all truth it takes a lot less energy to point fingers you know um you can just live in your little bubble and and say it's not my fault or um i'll wait until they figure it out then i'll be happy you know the true work you know getting right with yourself and figuring out what it is that you want for yourself um that that takes a lot of energy and at times heartache and and you know self reflection and all that. Boy, oh boy, it took me several years once that relationship ended to really get right with myself. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm talking 15 years later now. I'm just every day grateful for having had him in my life because uh, without him, I probably would have been going down the same uh, road of repeating the 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 easy way out if you will to not do the work and so you know it's one of the reasons why I became a coach because I kept meeting people who had no idea how extraordinary they were because they kept getting in their own way you know sure so I when I'm so when I'm coaching which when I'm coaching a lot of people I spend a lot of time on what I call the big little question right out of the gates which is so hard for people to answer and that's what do you want Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want? What do you want for your life, for your relationship, for your career, for your health? What do you want separate from everybody else around you, including your loved ones, including 
your employees or your team members or your friends? And it's a it's a loaded question, but yeah. it's a powerful one if you can really get to to the core of it. Well, we've got a Not surprise a for you. We've got a surprise for you. Your ex is here, and he's got some more <laughs> advice for you. So this is this is going to be so rewarding for you. That's right. His and next. Here's what I want to say, we left on very good terms. I want to say that he's a really great person. Did yeah. you? Why did you put my clothes on the front lawn? Um, yeah. Right? The, the yeah. Uh, you know, I look at this, and I you know, I think that first of all, I just I love the the visual aspect of it, right? Because there's, I look at this and say, if you said to me, you got to clean your side of the street, the couple questions I have, uh, well, first of all, uh, my love language is, is go yourself. Um, and so that, 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 that would be my initial response. But when I first pushed past that initial ego, um, I would say, well, to what level? Like, you know, how how much do you want to clean your side of the street? You want to just do a light dusting? You want to just take like a, a, a one push of the broom? Or do you want to really scrub this thing down? Do you want to break the street down and repave it? Do you, you know, what what is this going to entail for you to clean your side of the street? Do you want it to be, look okay on the surface or do you want it to be structurally sound? And like, you know, that is sort of that self-awareness work that I think most of us um find ourselves asking that question and the funny thing is i think the the older we get the more we just want it to be surface mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean we don't want to put in the work so it's how, how well, do you deal I with mean, that you, well i mean when you start thinking about going from a light dusting to getting out the uh, sledgehammer and and starting from from scratch you can get overwhelmed thinking about making it absolutely pristine and yeah you know, you talked about my book, Energy Now. The subtitle of that book is Small Steps to an Energetic Life, and it's kind of been a philosophy that I've carried and also tried to teach. You know, all you got to do is get started. You yeah. figure out that first thing that you want for yourself and and move towards that. We're not yeah. talking about climbing the entire mountain in a day. Yeah. And so, you know, if I think if we can – if we can uh, I want to say get out of our way but also not be as hard on ourselves, but – you know, just do the freaking work. That's yeah. part of, uh, mm-hmm. that's part of my philosophy, you know, small steps to, you know, creating a life that you're pretty pleased about. Yeah. I think when I first heard the quote, when, when you first said it, um, my thought went back to when I was in early corporate America, I worked, um, at hard rock international. I was there for 21 years, but my first couple of years, you know, you're trying to make it as, you know, a, a training manager and eventually maybe heading a department. But what I saw was people would get frustrated at work when others would would get any type of accolades or get promoted, right? When you think either way, either they don't deserve it or you absolutely do, this quote kind of comes to mind, this thought, you know, instead of what most people are doing, they're, they're freaking out as to why somebody else got the gig they think they should have got, Right. They, they don't come to the mindset of, you know what, I got to take care of myself first, right? They, they've got to stop worrying and stop focusing on others and what happens for them, but instead spend the energy on yourself and just crush the job that you're, that you're doing right now. And, and awesomeness will occur, right? And it's, this is also part of the thing when I was at Hard Rock, uh, we, we indoctrinated really Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people, but we hard rock eyes the heck out of the thing, but the principles were really good. And there was one that just stuck with me forever around circle of influence, circle of concern. 
and I know it's pretty overused now, but in, in the circle of concern, right, there's a lot of things that you care about, you absolutely care about, but there's nothing you can do. And that is exactly this mentality of other people's actions and what happens to them. And you, you can't do anything about that, just like weather and terrorism and all this other stuff. But your circle of influence those things you can directly control, how you spend your money, who you want to spend your time with. Certainly, as you're saying, Michelle, your own self-care, your own thought process. And I wish more people, instead of, once again, going back to pointing fingers or saying, why wasn't that mine from a business standpoint, if they would just focus on their side of the street and crush it, great things are going to happen, right? That's basically what you're saying and what you talk about in your in your coaching life now. Absolutely. I mean, it's insanity to try and change something you can't change. And if I can go back to something else that my ex taught me, it's the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You don't need to be in program to get benefits from those words. It's like, what do I have control over right now? Yeah. What can I change? Because if I'm trying to, you know, spend time beating my head against the sidewalk, you know, instead of cleaning it, then it's, 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 uh, it's a lot, it's not, it's not as much fun. No. And I, you know, I look at it and go again, what in the question of what is it going to entail to clean your side of the street? You know, some, some of the stuff is your, is your stuff. You got to clean your stuff, but some of it is uh, other people's stuff <laughs> that they threw onto your side of the street and you've got to figure out how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's, that's part of the, in, in my world, we call that caring for other people's sheep, right? You, if you're going to spend your time caring for other people's sheep, uh, your sheep are going to starve to death. And so like, you know, you've got to get to that point where, where you understand it's a holistic approach to cleaning you know it's not just mm-hmm. figuring your stuff out letting everybody else litter and it's not and it's not an overnight thing yeah you know, it's, you, you're going to start the process and i mean it's just like cleaning your house you do a good deep dive clean on a saturday and you know two weeks later a little bit of stuff has has accumulated it's not as yep. bad as it was but you still got work to do you still got, now right. i'm going to get in and clean the carpets and that's right next i'm going to get to the windows and whatever it is you know what i mean yeah so yeah there's def- definitely different stages and Yes, I agree that if I'm looking across the street going, you know, I want what they have or they don't understand me, there is the stuff that I have control over and the stuff that I don't. Yep, and, yep. and, you know, we can create the change. You know, we can either create the change that we want. Um, I say usually within, but not always, because it's hard to change another person. But you can negotiate common ground or you can change how you deal with them or you you know, in worse situations, you can walk away, you know, hopefully towards sure, new right. and different possibilities. Sure. Well, and I think the reason that this mindset uh, that you're talking about, Michelle, prevails is because that's how people have made us feel. And it actually fits perfectly, I think, with with our thought, which is a little bit long. But when you think through it, it's it's great because this is the whole reason why if people would take care of their side of the street and that would be enough. But there's a reason why I think it's been imposed upon us. Brant, what was our thought that rocks this week? It's a long one, brother, but it is a good one. I like it. It's from Esther Hicks, and our thought uh, that rocks this week is this. Thoughts that rock number two. People have trained you to care about how they think because it's important to most people who are living conditionally for you to create conditions that they can live with. And mm. it, it's a bit of a Rubik's cube, but the idea of this is, you know, people want us to fit in this box that they create for us yep. in their life. And, um, 
it's a challenge, I think. I think most of us are influenced by by the demands of others and sort of what are the, those expectations that are placed on us. But they're doing it not for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're doing it for them. Totally. You know what I mean? And I think it's the same way. I was, you know, the idea of telling somebody to go clean their side of the street um, in one way is, is, you know, trying to, to help them. But in another way, it's trying to help themselves. You know what I mean? The person you're saying it to, and then the, then the person who's saying it. And it's more to sort of fit within that, that part of your life that you can make sense of. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a challenge. At least I find it a challenge uh, of, of constant people throwing expectations on you as to, you know, where you should be at this point in your life. What, you know, what, wh- how much success have you had? What does your relationship look like? I mean, there's 8 million different things that they mm-hmm. throw your way. And it's really for them to be able to fit, you know, in the music business, people say, we want the next big thing. We want that thing that doesn't sound like anything. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants that. What they want is something that is recognizable, that sounds similar to something else. They want they want to be able to go. If you like Nickelback, Mm -hmm. you'll love Big Kettle Drum. Yeah, right. And that's that's literally so that they can fit it inside their box. How do you uh, how do you read this quote, Michelle? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that, and thank you for the Canadian Nickelback insertion there. People either <laughs> every, love them. every episode, every episode, we try and weave them in. That's right. Uh, yeah, and I'll go back to what I said about happiness being an inside job. You know, and as long as I keep trying to look for it out there, you know, in someone else or in even in something else, the great job, the great house, the great car. I'm, I'm going to be disappointed, or at the very least, not as satisfied as I would be if I. First, like myself, it, it takes a lot of energy to change other people. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy. I mean, it, I, I shouldn't say that. It takes a lot of a lot of negative energy for you to try and change somebody who you know doesn't need to or doesn't want to change. It takes a lot of work to try and work on yourself, but the end result is very very rewarding. I agree. Yeah, the energy of trying to change a co-host is tough. <laughs> it is super super. I'm sorry. Don't make me don't make me bring my love language out. Um, the you know what I think is interesting is this this necessity for us to be able to sort of fit things into a way that that makes sense or that, that will allow us to behave in the way we want to behave. I look at it and go, it, it's every luxury car brand, right? It, so I, I laugh and I look and I go, um, well, I have a Lexus. Oh, you mean a Toyota? No, 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 no. It's not a Toyota. It's it's a Lexus, but it's made by Toyota. Well, I don't, you know, it's not, it's way better than the Toyota, mm-hmm. you know, they had to separate it. Same thing with uh, Nissan, you know, uh, it, it, no, it's an infinity. No, no, it's Nissan accurate. No, it's a Honda. You know, it's, it's, we separate these brands so that we can fit it into our heads as to what we perceive as luxury, even though it's the same exact manufacturer that makes hmm. the $10,000 car down the street. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's funny how we will force ourselves into this perspective in order to justify a particular feeling that we're having in the moment. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? 
that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Yeah, I and I will say that. to that, you know, if you don't like somebody, get to know them better. Yeah. <laughs> because yes. normally there's something there, right? I, I've said that for at least a year and a half yes. of this podcast, but I gotta tell you, I'm at, it's the, a slog. I'm at the bottom of the barrel, Michelle. <laughs> you know, as long as this quote is, and again, I said, I really liked it, but honestly, when I first read it, it, it really pisses me off. I mean, mm-hmm. the more I think about it, I, I, I hate it because I think it's true. Mm-hmm. I, I hate it because I think this is this is the negative side, I think, of social media. Like, mm-hmm. I, I actually am one of these people who I think social media can be a great cause for good. And there's wonderful things that come with it. But in general, I think there's this incessant need for a lot of people that are on there. And it probably goes back to the finger pointing and, you know, the victim mentality that we were talking about with Michelle's quote. Uh, but I think this need to be noticed and be famous people now have become way more vocal and and that can be good in some ways, but I think to take it to such a hardcore stand that they have to be right. They absolutely cannot have their mind changed. They don't want a different opinion at all. They, They don't want to engage in any type of what used to be civil debate, right? That just, you don't see that that doesn't exist anymore. Whether we're talking about politics or religion or race relations or whatever, people have now resorted to just, venting and 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 beating people into submission to you know until they just acquiesce and so you know i look at this saying yes there we feel like we're being put in a box because that's how people are you know they're 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 projecting their own views onto people and if you have a different viewpoint they completely shut down or like i said they just they beat you about the face in front of everybody and so my question might be you know in my anger here michelle how do you deal with people who aren't taking care of their side of the street you know they have no problems throwing rocks in glass houses but now you interact with people and they're just they, they refuse to take care of their side of the street but they got no problem in in throwing stuff at you it's a tough one because i mean all that we've been talking about is you know it's hard to change people that don't want that don't want to change and mm-hmm. you know do we actually have a right and so you know the first you know what? I'm coaching my clients, and they're having having some sort of a relational challenge, whether it's boss or spouse or, or you know, somebody else in their lives. Three choices: you can you can leave things as they are and learn to live with it, which, you know, is hard for most people. Um, you can change what you can, um, and hopefully make your circumstances better. And I mentioned this earlier. You know. <laughs> If, if you can't change them and you can't live with them, then you might need to walk away from them. Yeah. And I, I, I always say we've got to surround ourselves with competent, responsible and supportive people as much as we can, because we're pack animals. You know, we're going to we're going to, you know, become more of who we spend time with. And so, you know, when we're walking away, it's not hopefully walking towards new possibilities and, and not just walking away from and mm-hmm. you know getting away from the thing that doesn't work. Take a lot of courage. Yeah. But. You know, it, it, it's so much easier just to stay in, in that situation that's not working. And, 
and I say that we'd rather, you know, we'd rather suffer than, than, than get outside that comfort zone because, you know, we, we don't like change. <laughs> yeah. But when we do, when we step out that side, that comfort zone and feel that discomfort and, you know, push away from the things that were causing us stress, we realize, well, there's a whole lot out here that I had not even seen because sure. I had my blinders on yep. perspective shift or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I, you know, and I look at it and say, to your point, Jim, of, of sort of being pissed off is that, so let's, let's say this is the scenario where you've got somebody and someone tells you to clean your side of the street and Mm -hmm. you you care about, about, so, so let's use this, let's for argument's sake, let's say you told me to clean my side of the street. I care about you and your opinion of me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I start to do the work and I start sweeping up and I start cleaning and I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm I'm really making some progress at cleaning my side of the street, but then you don't agree with what I call clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a different perspective sure. as to what you expected when I when you said clean your side of the street. So now back in the slippery slope. It's and it's hard because I feel like I'm doing the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I can't imagine what I mean. It's got to happen all the time for people to be like I'm I'm actually making progress. I'm moving forward, but not at the level that might somebody in my life might not agree with. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up hurting the process and my motivation to actually continue because nobody recognizes that that yeah it's not completely clean but it's better than it was a month ago yeah (laughs) you know how do you well that's what happened to me if you don't mind me interjecting here because i started the process that my ex had said you know i'm like all right i want to try and make this relationship work i'm going to start cleaning my side of the street and i made my efforts and i was starting to make gains and the relationship wasn't getting better and then it would get a little bit better and then I started to resent the process because I was doing what I was asked to do and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. But you know what? When I spent a little more time in the process, I realized the process wasn't wrong. The relationship was. At that point, I realized once I cleaned my side of the street and started to get clear about who I was and who I wanted to be, I realized that it wasn't with him. You know, good person, wrong wrong relationship yeah and uh, that's that can happen too so you got to be prepared to say that you know when i do the work that the outcome is still not going to be what i want it to be but it's not necessarily going to be a bad outcome yeah. it just I think, takes time i think though you're the point you're making and here you are in a, in a relationship you th- you talk about your ex-fiance like you're yeah. like brant you're talking about something you and i might talk about sure. so yes if there are people that you trust, admire, respect, love that are in your life, they're given it and you're open-minded to it. So Michelle yeah. said it earlier. Yeah. You got to be willing to change. Yeah. My point is I think society, as it becomes unfrazzled for a variety of reasons, nobody really even has the inkling of wanting to change. They're yeah. not even going into a discussion or debate or whatever. They go and they, 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 they venom yeah. everywhere. Yeah. This is my way or the highway and you're dead to me. Yeah. You know, if you feel something different. Yeah. So if I didn't know you very well and you said you need to clean your side of the street, now we're at fisticuffs, yeah. right? You and I are rolling around on the ground. Yes. You know, so I think it's different with, people that have a great strong relationship number one and number two again to michelle's point you still have to be willing to change in that scenario you told me to clean my side of the street i'd be at it because i'd be like oh my god i'm letting this guy down he's a good friend and i want to make sure and i I don't want to be the slacker i don't want to be the dead weight so the, the reason it pisses me off is because i just feel like right now the world is in this place where it's me 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 and only my opinion and 
we're never going to solve solutions that way ever. Yeah. And and it's interesting because I look at that and I go, you know, on, on one side, I think of a a teenager, right? You tell a teenager to clean their room Mm -hmm. and there, there, there's a couple different ways that that can happen, right? They can put everything back in its right place and, and vacuum and do everything they, they can possibly do to make it perfectly clean. Or they can open a closet door and literally shove every single thing that mm-hmm. is out of place into the closet. And which takes the same amount of time and, really, and, and hope and pray that nobody opens the closet door because it's going to come out in an avalanche. Mm-hmm. And, but I look at that even with someone like Jim trick who, you know, is a good buddy of ours who, you know, was 430 pounds. He had gastric bypass. He lost 200 pounds, but he didn't change. He didn't really clean his side of the street. (laughs) He just sort of um, thought he had a magic bullet, but didn't change any of his habits, didn't change any of his thought processes. And he ended up gaining all that weight back. And, And it took him several years later coming to this realization that cleaning his side of the street meant some really deep work that he yeah. had to do and it wasn't going to be a magic bullet and it was going to take much longer to have long lasting sustainable change and so he hires a trainer he changes the way he eats he becomes highly more involved in personal development of of figuring out what makes him tick and his motivations and inspirations and all that sort of stuff and here we are 20 years later and he's been able to keep all that weight yeah. off and lives a healthy lifestyle but Somebody just telling you to clean your street doesn't mean you're going side of the street doesn't mean you're going to do it in a way that lasts. Right. right? And I think that that's the other side of this coin that is hard for, for some people to see is that they're looking for that quick fix because they want the adulation of that person or the acceptance of that person rather than saying, I'm going to do this, but it's going to take me a minute (laughs) to to really do it right. Do you care that I'm doing that? Or do you just want to see this quick win so that you feel better about how you feel about me? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So Michelle and I would assume some of this same mentality is in your book. You talked a little bit about energy. Now that's the new book that's coming out, right? The new book is the the success energy equation. Oh, that's the new How to regain focus, recharge your life and really get shit done. Awesome. The new book. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, and I do share in the book a lot of kind of my own stories. I say that I'm a student of all that I teach. Um, and so it does show up in there. A lot of my client uh, stories show up in there. But it really is about kind of getting out of your way and energizing yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, cognitively to kind of do what you were meant to do, to you know increase your belief in self, to increase your discipline, to set goals that are meaningful to you and to use energy as a driver of success yeah you know all of those those uh the degrees that i have i've I've come (laughs) to what i do now through the fitness world and um through health and exercise physiology and so i I believe in kind of physical health as a foundation for personal and professional growth and when we take care of that it's a lot easier to kind of have the strength to take care of the other aspects of of driving success you see brant She's actually using her degrees. See, that's the difference between. I was literally. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> you, you're thinking that I'm over here going. My body is built by Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Like, I should probably read this book, yes, and be able to get my life back on track for so many reasons. I agree, so many reasons. Where, um, where Michelle can people, I guess, maybe first, where can they get the book? And just to drive people to where you are, if they want to learn a little bit more about you or maybe engage you in doing some client work, uh, where would you like for us to send them? 
They can go to successenergybook.com where they'll find out about the book and they can also connect with me on all my socials or find me on my other website um, all through that site. So successenergybook.com and it's all there. Awesome. And they can find me and ask questions or buy the book or whatever it is that floats their boat. Perfect. I love that. One-stop shop. Everything's there. And like we said, we will uh, obviously have your entire bio. We recommend everybody go in there and check that stuff out. But what a great thrill to have you on. And uh, yeah, not kidding around. I think checking out that book would be great for a lot of people for a variety of reasons. And uh, we just can't thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today on Thoughts at Rock. Thank you both. It's been a lot of fun. You got it. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Rock on. You bet. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to StoicismPod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.